Amen. Good morning, everybody. As I often say, you guys have been prayed for, and we are excited about the new year. Everybody excited about a new year? Let me hear you say amen. amen. And we are going to be, man, you are excited. I like that, man. I tell you what, you guys are ready. I know we've got a lot of our friends traveling, so Chris and Kenny and Mike and Bonnie, if you all are tuning in, uh, we love you, we miss you, and uh, you guys just keep sharing the button there on, uh, online, we're going to keep on rolling. So today, we're going to be talking about breaking the barrier, and we're going to come at that thing from every angle today, okay? So if you got your notes uh, ready, you better get your pen ready, because we got a lot of good things to share. But I know this, the new year is an exciting time. I don't know about you, but it is for me. How about you guys? Because it's kind of like a reset sometimes, you know? We can kind of go through that and see what's going on. But, and sometimes it can be very exciting for folks, but sometimes it can be overwhelming. And so as it's really about how we focus our time, on our perspective on time, you know? And I pray that we focus our hearts, minds, times, serving on Jesus, and I'm going to tell you what, that'll turn everything around. It's really our attitude towards change. Now, I ask this from time to time, and we'll see if anything's changed. How many people like change? Let me just drop a little pin there. Dink. Just a few? Yeah. Now, we're all for change if it's for the better, right? But you know what? I was listening to a guy talk the other day, and they did a lot of surveys. They said about 85% of the people that go to work don't even like their job. If, you, if you're in that 85%, then maybe change would be good. I'm just saying. I don't know. But it's all the way we look at things, right? Sometimes we'd rather just mire in the muck than try to take something new. Well, I tell you today, I pray today this is a fresh message for your heart. I pray that this will give you uh, ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to follow. Amen? So we think about that. We just want to make sure we, we're, we're, we're on, on the page with the Lord. And, and one of the things I think happens so much is that, you know, when I take that little survey, how many people's excited, how many things about this, we like things comfortable, don't we? We do. I mean, I, I like things comfortable. If you weren't here earlier when I've been over with these pants, they ain't comfortable. But they will be in about six months, right? Birthdays coming, stretch pants will be taken in. All right? <laughs> I'm just being truthful, right? New Year, you said all these new things. Man, I'm going to save more money. I'm going to lose more weight. I'm going to brush my teeth regular. Whatever. I don't know what it is. <laughs> when you're from West Virginia, that makes a whole lot of sense, right? I can say that because my people are from West Virginia. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying you want to set things in motion, but you've got to have a plan, right? And that's what we're going to see what God's plan is for us. And as time goes by, it's not always about comfort. It's about, you know, putting God's plan in motion. But to put God's plan in motion, we got to seek the Lord, don't we? we got to see what God wants us to do, how he wants to move in us so he can move through us. How many people are available for that this year? All right, hands everywhere. And if you're listening, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Look, we meet every Sunday right here at 9 Cedar Road at 10 a.m., and we meet every Tuesday, same location, at 7 to 8, 15. Now, that's just one avenue. But let me tell you what. How many people think it's good to be involved with the Lord every day, not just on Sunday? Right? It's a relationship. You just don't want to tell your wife you love her every now and then or vice versa. You want to tell her all the time. You want to talk. You want to have that relationship. And so I pray that as we go through things today that we really take time to really jump in. And I'm going to kind of launch off of last week where we talked about making the most of every opportunity to live wise. How many people were living wise this week? Okay, you can go back and watch that on YouTube, or you can go to teenpromise.org and watch that message so we can live wise, right? Hey, I'm just saying, sometimes we've got to get our bearings, man. It's the new year. What does that mean to you? 
What does that mean to you? Is it a reset? Is it, are we going to get our memory wrapped around all the bad things of last year? I'm not minimizing that, but we're going to talk about our perspective on things. And really, I want to jump in here in just a minute. I have preached on this scripture many times over the last 20 years. And every time that I look at it, God just gives me another layer of his grace and understanding. So I pray today, as even though we have heard this uh, scripture many times, how many know that God, uh, we cannot exhaust the power of God's word? Well, we're going to see more of it today because I asked the Lord to hide me behind the cross, and we're going to unpack that today. So let's take a little walk through. This is where we're going to get to, okay? Matthew 16, uh, verse 15. And if you got your Bibles, you can tune into that. But most of the scriptures I have are, are already on the wall, okay? So look at this. He says, then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Let that roll around in your heart for just a little bit. So I'm going to unpack a few things, and we're going to read a little bit, and then we'll kind of see what God has for us. Everybody ready? Here we go. Verse 13. When Jesus came to the reign of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied. Some say John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. And others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Let me tell you. Let's just stop right there. When you're talking about religion, people want to group religion all together. You could talk about God. But as soon as you talk about Jesus being the son of God and, and narrowing it down, see, they might think their God is Buddha. They might think their God is something else. Their God might be their, their TV set, their new boat. But our God is the Lord Jesus Christ, son of God, right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Look at this. So he asked Jesus, asked his disciples, what are they saying? He said, man, some people say you're John the Baptist. Some people say maybe Elijah. Some say, you know, uh, you're a prophet. And then he comes on down here. Jesus has a way of bringing it right home, doesn't he? He says, then he asked them, but who do you say I am? You're going to hear that probably 15 times a day because I want you to know that that is the greatest question that you will ever answer in your life. Not your mama's life, grandmama's life, your kid's life. You got to answer that yourself. Amen. Let's keep on going. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Man, we got a lot of unpacking to do. But man, if you want to spend some time and some word this week, I, 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 I want to encourage you to go right here. So now... Let me give you the background. Jesus just left a few chapters before. He healed a blind man, fed the 5,000, fed the 4,000, was constantly being persecuted and, and dealing with the Pharisees, shaking them down, right? They, they, show us another sign. Show us another sign. Show us another sign. And he already realized that the religious leaders, their hearts were hardened. So many times we see when we look in the world, the hearts of many people are hardened, but the power of the gospel, man, can break the barriers in your life. Amen? So as we go through this and we talk about Caesarea Philippi, I'm going to give you a little background on that. This was a very pagan worshipped area. The culture there was very pagan, man. Idolatry, things like that. How many know that Jesus don't just stay in the church house? He's out and about. He's in your family. He's all over the place, right? He's in your workplace. He's in the bar. He's at the funeral home. He's, he's everywhere. And so guess what? Because you know why? We take him with us where we go. We have an opportunity and an obligation. So look at this. It says, who do you say I am? 
Now, I'm going to just kind of park here for just a minute, and I'm going to share something. Yesterday, many of y'all knew I did a funeral for a friend of mine's baby sister. And I want to say that the family honored the Lord, honored their, their loved one's memory. And I tell you what, it was a great celebration of life, even though our hearts are heavy. But we know that our loved one has put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we all want for our loved ones, to know Jesus? And so they did a great, great job of, of, of sharing uh, testimonies and, and giving God the glory and everything. And they had four songs, four songs picked out. First three songs, everything was good. And the last song was a song by Elvis. How many people like Elvis? I, I like Elvis. Elvis is good. Man. And Elvis was going to do the old rugged cross. I said, man, this is going to be good. We're bringing it to a close. The family's doing great. Everything's good. We sit down, and they cue it up. And Elvis sounded like he had been drinking for about three months on that recording. <laughs> and everybody's trying to be cool because you're in the funeral, and we, we want to be respectful. And I'm going, Lord, out of all the songs, why is this messing up? I said, the devil's trying to, 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 to attack the cross. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, He's always been trying to attack the cross. Get up and tell him. I said, whoo. I said, isn't it amazing? See, what we thought was going down the tubes, God used to introduce the old rugged cross to people personally. Isn't that amazing? I said, you know what? Isn't it amazing that, you know what, out of all songs, that one wouldn't be attacked by the ministry. I mean, by, by, the, by the devil for God's ministry. And I told him just what I felt like the Lord laid on my heart. He's always been attacking the cross. I said, so let me just bring some clarity to that. And it gave me a platform to preach the gospel. See, that's what God, you, you remember that scripture, God works all things together for the good? Guess what? We laughed at that, said praise the Lord, and we kept on going with it. God got glory. Our loved one was honored, and people heard the gospel. Give the Lord a praise because he's worthy in the midst of those things, man. So, so in the midst of those things, I'm still thinking, who do you say I am? I say, you Lord. You're the Savior. You're the Messiah, the anointed one. So we're unpacking those things. I'm going, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let a bad recording sidetrack the gospel. How about you? But so many things in life, we'll let it sidetrack us sharing our faith, right? You know, I, I'll just tell them when I get to work next week. I'll just invite them, you know, next month. Well, they've been kind of busy, Right? You know what? I, I want to uh, encourage you guys. We talked about it earlier in the year, but I want to encourage you again. Invite just one person each week. Just one person. You're going to run into somebody, just invite one person. You know what? Extend that out there and say, we'd love to have you. I will say this again. It is never about filling seats. It's always about filling hearts with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's what we're about. So I'm going to keep on unpacking this a little bit here, but we want to just glorify God. And so here we go as we jump in. It's about... Change. You got to be ready to deal with change in the midst of everything. When that record was going bad, I had to regroup and deal with change. How about that? When you're going through life and things happen, you got to deal with change. So let's talk about that. Everybody doing good so far? Say amen. I love this. Miss Tanya did good finding this. Man, can y'all see that good? Little kitten into a big old lion there. Tiger. Tiger lion. Look, I. I know it's, I, it's a big cat. There you go. It's not a three-legged dog because I got one of those. All right. Woo, they're rough on me today. I'm going to get a drink of water on that. Y'all help me. 
Hey, all I know is we didn't have one of them in Buck Road. All right? So, it's all about change. I mean, life is about change. My dad used to tell me, he said, son, it's a part of life is death. And we go, we don't like that part. Most of the time we don't like change, but I'm here to tell you, God never changes, but he can cause your situation to change for the better. Does that sound like some good news? And see, when we look back on the year, and I never minimize what somebody's went through last year or whatever, there's some tough times. We had some losses in our church family and brothers and sisters, different things like that. I, I'm not negating that. That hurts, man. But you know what? There's a lot of things that we can, when we think back at last year, that's all we think about It's the bad. I want to ask you to ask the Lord to help you remember some of the good things. How about some of the good things? I'm not saying the bad things didn't happen. I'm saying take the attitude of Christ moving forward and say, Lord, you know what? Man, I might have got laid off, but the Lord kept paying my bills. Hey, you know what? I was sick, but now I'm better. This happened right here, and, and I still don't understand how that's going on, but I'm trusting God in the new year to, to be with me and, and, and carry it on. And sometimes we don't even understand all the things this side of heaven. But I know this, God is good God, and he is a giver of good gifts. Amen? So let's take a look at this. Now, you guys know I love this scripture right here. Many of y'all know it by heart, but it says Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. How many think it might be good to know what God wants in your life? Then we need to be renewing our mind, right? And transforming it by the renewing of our mind with his word. With his word. You know what? You can get all types of input in the world. And I tell you what, man, going through the channels, I like gun smoke right now. You know, I kind of know what to expect to see what's going on. Festus, Marshall, Marshall Dillon, and uh, Miss Kitty got it down, you know. And, and all the other stuff, you know, they, they weren't attacking everybody and this and that. And I'm not going to get into that. But, man, you can get overwhelmed flicking through the channels, can't you? And what's crazy, how many channels did we have when we were coming up? I'm thinking 13, 10, 3, 27. If you, if you got your sister to hold her hand right, you could get 33. So you had like five. I got a fire stick gets over 7,000 channels. I don't got that much time. I can't live long enough to watch 7,000 channels. You know what I do? I go back and say, what's Leave it the Beaver got? You know, not that, that I don't want to know what's going on, but sometimes, man, all this stuff is just coming at you so much. So I got to be careful, and I got to guard my heart. How about you? And I got to guard my God time. I got to renew my mind, or, I, or if not, I'm going to be conformed to the world. I want to be conformed to the word. That's why it's good to have fellowship. That's what I love when we come here in the morning. I'm going to start telling you, you know, we're going to start at 930. That way y'all can hug each other longer and talk and find out what's going on. That's good, isn't it? it? You know what? It does not hurt to come to church early, does it? Hey, and I tell you what, I usually call our bunch, I got to tease you, the four-till bunch. I say, is anybody going to be here? And then four-till, they're like, coming in here, man. But you know what? I'll take you any time you come in here. Because you know what? That's an opportunity for us to get together in fellowship. I want to know how you're doing. I want to know how your grandma's doing. I want to know how the kids are doing. That means something to me because you know what? We got an awesome church family. And if you're listening, we got room for you too. But we got to renew our mind. We got to watch out. Look at this. But sometimes we get overwhelmed with change, right? So let me give you a word for that. John 14 1 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus said, You can trust me. How many people got a warranty on their car? How many people wish they had a warranty on their car? 
because I didn't see many hands. But on your toaster, on whatever it is, on the foundation of your house, on your roof, whatever. See, whatever the warranty is, it's only good as the one that's guaranteeing it. You see where I'm going with this, right? You know, I've been through life with something. They said, would you like the warranty? Would you like this? I said, wow, are you telling me? That's what I like to tell them. I said, you telling me you're selling me something new and already needs a warranty? They go, no, no, You know, things do happen, Mr. Chapman. I said, but you're going to take care of it, right? Well, we've got this right here for the added cost, you know. Yeah. And I said, well, how long do I got to, to make up my mind? If they usually tell me, you got to know right now, I said, oh, this doesn't sound good to me. You know something I don't know, don't you? Denise hates buying vehicles with me. Because I said, I don't care. I got something to drive. So I'm listening. Hey, I know they got to make a living, but they ain't got to make it all on me, right? <laughs> Pass it around. You know, I'm telling you, it's okay. I don't, I don't, you know, whatever. And so when I look at those things, and I think about those different dealings and, and guarantees, we have God's guarantee through, through his word. That Yeah, he's trustworthy. He backs his word. Right? He's not a man that he can lie. One of the other things I think is always good is you ever notice when you buy something, especially of any value, right? You, gotta, you really put some money out there. They will send you something probably within one or two days or call you on the phone. How'd you like the service? Everything good? You know what I like to tell them? Wait till I have a problem and I'll let you know. They go, what? I said, everything's good on the honeymoon, man. I want to know what happens in real life when time goes by. And then they go, did you buy the warranty? <laughs> Are you trying to tell me something? Well, let me tell you what. You have God's guarantee that he is who he says he is, that he'll do what he says he'll do, and that we are secure in his son, Jesus Christ, when we put our faith and trust in the death, burial, and resurrection. Somebody say amen. Let's keep on going. So don't let your hearts be troubled. What else do we got here? John three eighteen. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Being a preacher and still in the workforce, you get a lot of questions when stuff goes wrong at work and everything else. And they say, well, you think you're going to heaven? I go, uh, no, I know I'm going to heaven, right? And, and, and see, and then I get the doorways open. I said, do you know why? Because you're a preacher? I said, absolutely not. Actually, it's going to be stricter on me, brother, right? They said, well, well, well why? Because you think you're a good guy? <laughs> nope. I said, because of Jesus, because of what Jesus Christ did. That's it. I'm not counting anything else but the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, taking our sin debt, taking it, burying it, and bringing it up the next day, man, live, finished, demolished, sitting on the right-hand side of God. I'm yours. Who do you say he is? He's my Savior. He's the one that took my sin away. How about you? Think about that. And then they go, well, so what do you say? He's a good God. I said, yes, he is. Well, what about this? What about this? And then we usually all the way come down to this little thing. So if I steal an ink pen, you're telling me that God's going to send me to hell? I said, uh, no. They go, what? I said, the only way you're going to end up in hell is when you reject the only way out of hell. Now, I'm not con condoning stealing and doing all that. I'm talking about it's not what you do, it's what Christ did. See, so you have to redirect them to help them understand. Because how many people didn't understand it? I didn't understand it. You heard the story a hundred times, man. Once when I was five, I went to church. Once when I was 30, I had no idea. I knew there was God, but I didn't know him in a personal relationship. But when people came outside the church and told me about the love of God, I was like, I, I, I like that. 
But they tempered that and they told the truth because there's a place called hell and they love me enough to tell me the truth. See, if I reject the only way to heaven, guess what I end up with? Hell. That's the deal. And here's the thing. Jesus did the hard part. He did the hard part. Look at this. He says, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the, in the name of God's one and only son. How many know there's power in the name of Jesus? We do a song like that every now and there's power in the name of Jesus, man. I love that. You know what? When you don't know what to pray or anything else and it's only just barely on your breath, say Jesus. I've been in, in situations, I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to do. You know, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will, will, will produce groans and moans to, for us to, to, to know the perfect prayer. And sometimes I just go, Jesus, Jesus. I don't know anything else, but I know. Who do you say I am? You're my Savior. You're the Son of God. And I'm trusting you. I don't know how this thing's going to go, man. I don't know how this thing's going to go. I don't even know any way. How many people figure it all out? How many people have wasted years and years and years and nights and nights and nights of sleep because you say, well, if they do this, I'll do this. And if they do this, I'll do that. And I'll do this. And, and when we get over here, I'm going to do that. And if I get to work and they say that, I'm already tired just trying to explain it. So you don't sleep. And you go and you're waiting for your boss to say something. You already, I wish they would. I hope they do. And they go, hey, how you doing? Then you're mad that they didn't say anything. And then you really look like an idiot because you get up there and blow your stack, right? How about you take that same amount of time and say, Lord, I don't know how you're going to fix it, but I know you can. Lord, I'll tell you what. Help my attitude and my heart. Help me to change my, my outlook on this whole thing so that I glorify you in my response. Pastor Butter did not say, be a Christian floor mat. But I'm going to say what? one thing. Change is going to come. We need to produce a pattern in our life that we're going to trust God through the change. Amen? How many people are willing to trust God and change in their life in the new year? And you know, I talk to people all the time. They say, well, you know, you, you, know, you talk about grace. You talk about, I talk about grace. I talk about hell. I talk about God's holiness. All these things. You know? It, you you got to give them the full picture. And, and they say, well, you know, well, well, how many people get this if you're Christian and you, you do mess up? You, you try to be quick to repent about it. And that's when everybody's watching. Right? Everybody's watching. And I wrote this down. I said, sin may be a part of the believer's life, but it should not be a pattern. I'm going to read that again. Sin may be a part of the believer's life, but it should not be a pattern. And yes, sometimes we choose poorly. And yes, sometimes we find out, man, that was not the best for us. But you know what? We know what to do. We should repent and turn back to God. And he is quick to forgive. Somebody say amen. Aren't you glad that God never changes, even in a world that changes all the time? So guess what? If things are changing, guess what? Sometimes we got challenges. We got challenges in life, man. And sometimes it could be overwhelming. I'm going to read a few of these, and then we're going to break it down. Look at this. Challenges build faith. Faith builds trust. And then trust builds results. Now that sounds real easy, but living them three things out, it gets a little tough, don't it? When the challenges, see, have you ever noticed that in many people's life that you talk to, right? The challenge you're going through doesn't seem that big, but when it ends up on their front porch, it's big. It's amazing. Well, all you got to do is, what you need to do is, I hope that's followed this, 
pray and let's agree that God's going to work this out. But you know, a lot of times it's just overwhelming at times. And, and I've, I've talked to so many people over the last year that have just been beat down, wore out, frustrated in any other time in my life. And I know things are tough in this world. I never minimize what's going on. But I know God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Anybody ever heard that before? I believe that's a good word. I believe you could look that up and stand on that. And so even when our situations change, our Savior never changes. And his love for you never says. Somebody say amen. amen. I miss my front row people. I got a good amen out of that. God, God bless them. That's it. But think about that. So challenges build faith. It does. We ask it all the time. Did you do, learn more from a situation that was kind of tough and rough around the edges than when everything was good? Because what happens is, I think it's just the way our brains wire. We think, man, I'm doing good. Look what I did. Man, I got the big job. I got the big house. Look at my kids. Look at this. Everything. And all of a sudden, boop, the old rugged cross starts wobbling. The Elvis song is going to shake you. Things are happening in your life. And you go, whoa, what's happening? Then that's when they want to talk to the preacher. So what does the preacher do? Does he go, no, nah, I don't know you now. No, we say, you know what, Lord? Give me a tender heart to speak the truth because they're wounded. They're wounded. I heard it the other day, and you guys might have heard this. It said that, that the church is a hospital for sinners, not aquarium for saints. That's a good word, isn't it? Isn't it a good word? That, that, that the church is a hospital for sinners, not aquarium for saints. It's not, that, oh, look at this, look at that. That'll preach right there by itself. But you know what? The world is an aquarium for the people to see how you're living out for Christ. So let's do our best in this new year. Hey, we're going to stumble. We're going to have some tough times. We're going to do this. But let's pull together, man. Let's not jump on the bandwagon. Just, man, I tell you, I knew he always had shifty eyes and this and that. You know, whatever. Let's just love on him. Say, man, you know what? That's not God's best for you, but I want to love you back in. God is always about what? Restoration. And sometimes when we're the one that's wounded, it's hard for us to forgive and want to restore things. But ultimately, I want to tell you this, God is in the restoration business. Now, I'm not telling you you're not going to have some scar tissues from some of your choices. We all have, amen? You got some bumps and bruises, man. You know, you look back and they say, what happened there? They say, I ain't going back through that. I would prefer not to go take the test over on some things in my life. How about y'all? I am not kidding. I'm going, whoo. So when your kids get a little age on them and you're talking to them and you say, look, baby, I won't born 54 years, you know, at 54 years old. I learned a few things, you know. So you pray for them to, to say, I, I hope that at least take it all in. This is what I tell my kids. Dad don't know it all, but he knows a lot of things you shouldn't do. I can tell you that right there, man. It's crazy. Got the scars to prove it. Got a paw print on my nose right here from Dookie, the, the, the uh, uh, German shepherd across the street at five years old. What did I learn? Don't put your face through the picket fence when he's mad. <laughs> they, yeah. I'm not kidding. I was over there playing with my little buddy Robin. I said, hey, what are you doing? He said, I can't hear you dogs running around. I mean, like a police dog, baby. And I went up there. And he said, I can't hear you. And they had a little broke out spot where the dog had chewed through it. And I said, can you come out and play in that dog? Went, and I was like, Yee! you see how big this baby is now? Just think before Dookie got it. I, I think would have been, whoo, I got single exhaust. I had one little pipe on there for a while after that was happening. Oh, it gets better. I run home. My dad's over there. He's cooking chicken. 
You don't mess with dad when he's cooking chicken. He's cooking chicken. My sister got all her friends over there playing foosball. Y'all remember that? We had a nice one, the plastic one, and the man just spun around half the time, and your sister would put you on that side. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I got over there, and I said, what? He said, what happened? I said, I was over at Robbie's house. He said, you're not running from no fight. I said, Ugh. my dad grabs me. He said, you get back over there right now. And I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding on it, and I'm trying to tell him it's a dog. And my mom's going, buddy, buddy. My dad called my dad, buddy, I, I think the dog bit him. He said, oh. And then he's like, he looked at that and he goes, now we're going to have to go get some stitches, right? Now, I found out later that it wasn't that my dad didn't love me because my dad loved me. He just didn't love the stupid things I did. <laughs> he's like, I got the chicken in there. We got people over here. Now you done got a paw print in your nose. Oh, my gosh. So I went back. So all that, just from looking in the fence, man, things happened. I, that morning, I wasn't thinking about having a toenail in my nose. And when I was in first grade, when this all happened, I didn't think for three weeks every time I went somewhere and I was in school and I got a Band-Aid over that baby. Everybody, what happened? I fell. <laughs> After about 465 times, a dog's paw went in my nose. They're like, what? Because some of the things that happen in our life are just so crazy, right? But does God change? No. Did I learn a few things from that? Absolutely. I learned something else real quick. Shop class, one of the reasons probably I don't use a hammer. My guitar picking hand, as you can see right there, if I zoomed in on it, it's got a couple of humps in it. Do not take the project out of the machine while you're talking to somebody. I turned the machine off, I was making this little V block. My brother said, hey, can I get on that yet? I said, yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> hey, I freaked out. I left. You're not supposed to leave. I said, oh, I want my mom. Oh, I'm a loser. <laughs> That right there will go down in history. We're going to take a break to prayer. It gets real up in here. Hey, I'm just thankful it wasn't a tooth. <laughs> I'm just thankful it wasn't a tooth. That was my chewing gum. My wife always said, why do you choose gum? I guess I talk so much, my mouth gets dry. That's what happens. Whoo! Everybody's going to take it forward to this like 13 minutes. Look at the pastor spits the gum out. Brother, I appreciate your mindset. I got some more. I think I'm going to go it alone right now. Hey, about five years ago, I did that, and I got choked on it. I was going, the good news was we weren't on the video then, and we can edit the stuff out, and they're like, is he all right? Is he laughing? Is he laughing? I'm going, whew. So there's some challenges sometimes. <laughs> There's some challenges in life sometimes, baby. Woo, Lord, help me. Where are we going from here, Jesus? I don't know. I don't even know. Wait, do we need these? We don't even look at these things. My goodness. I'll tell you. Anybody having a good time so far? And all the folks that have never been to church before, they go, you can do that at church? It's just life, man. That's what we do. We just unpacking it. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I, that's why I always get Miss Georgia sit up front. She's the most encouraging. For y'all didn't hear that, she said, honey, you were doing some good stuff. You were saying a lot of good things. You just had a mouthful. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Georgia. I love that lady. Back to the challenges. Oh, my goodness. This is going to be a bestseller here. I can see it right there. I'm going to have nine million clicks on this one there, boy. Woo. So we go through challenges. This, you know, I'm going to tell you what. About 10 years ago, if that happened, y'all to find me back here, I'd have been like, are they gone yet? <laughs> and now I go, well, Lord, you're just going to have to fix that one too. Because he can use those things in the midst of the storm. And I can tell you what, that will keep you humble. 
It will keep you humble, man. So look at that. He's building results in our life. Challenges always come. Look at that. Here's the results. God is for you. He loves you. He redeemed you. He forgave you. He sealed you with his spirit. And I'm going to tell you what. When it's all said and done, no matter how good the message is, how much you gave, how many people like you, whatever the case is, that doesn't change. Here's the results. God is for you. He loves you. He redeemed you. He forgave you. He sealed you with the spirit. If you want to look that last part up, I just said Ephesians 1 right there. But you can look all through the God's word to talk about his love and his forgiveness and his redemption. So here's the deal. The challenge today is, do you believe him? Do you believe him? If I did not believe that the word of God is God breathed through the spirit of God through, through men of old so that we have the Bible, I wouldn't even come nowhere near this pulpit. If I didn't believe in the forgiveness of God's grace, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even stand up. But because of God's greatness and God's goodness, I said, Lord, let me in there. Put me in. I'm like donkey. Pick me. Pick me. Pick me. Man. Because guess what? I got a big mouth. You saw that, didn't you? That gum jumped right out of there. But man, what am I using that for? Is it to say, look at me? I pray that it's to say, look to Jesus. In the middle of your challenges, in the middle of, of all those different things, it's tough sometimes, man. And, and here's the thing. God is for you. Now, I spend a little time here, and I've talked about this many times, and I just feel like I need to bring this back up. You know what? When we forgive somebody, that does not mean that we agree with the offense. It means that we agree that that will not continue to hold us in the past. Amen? That's a good place to say amen. Y'all believe that? Does God want us to forgive others? I know that that's a tender spot. You said, buddy, you don't know what I'm, I'm going through. I don't. I'm not minimizing it. But I know on our own we can't do it. But God can through the Holy Spirit. Don't let your past shackle you. Last Yesterday I was thinking I had a message in my mind. And, and then Elvis had a, had a rough day and everything changed. But I was thinking about an anchor. You know? And you all know I don't know much about a boat. But I understand what an anchor is. It holds you to solid ground, Right? And I was thinking about an anchor. But you know what? It's got to have that chain. It's got to have that rope on that anchor for it to tie your boat off, right? And I thought, God, you're the anchor, but our faith is the rope to the anchor. Somebody say amen. amen. How's your rope? Check your rope. Is your faith in line? Are you grabbing hold of that, man? Jesus said, I'm, I'm anchored in. I'm anchored in. When the world, when the storm comes up and everything's going around and around and around and around, I'm, I'm this close to telling my story about me and Jimmy on the boat, but I'm going to let it ride today. Many of y'all heard it before. We'll we'll go back in time on that. But I'm going to tell you what. Hold the rope of faith that is tied to the anchor of Christ. Everybody doing good so far? Guess what we got? We got choices. How many people like choices? Some people just say, just tell me what to do. I don't want to do it. My mom at 89 years old, soon to be 90, don't give her too many choices. She said, you give me all the hard questions. So I've learned, "Do do you want a cheeseburger? Or do you want pizza? Or do you want bacon egg sandwich? She's like, ugh, I don't know. This is how I say. I said, I got you a nice pepperoni pizza. Is that all right? That sounds good, right? The reason I'm saying that is there's choices. Some people don't like choices. As time goes by, maybe we lose the capacity to even think about a choice. But you got an opportunity today to make a great choice. His name's Jesus, Amen. His name is Jesus. So think of this. We all have a choice, right? 
Now, I was listening to this this morning, and it might be a message for next week. I was listening to a guy preach on this this morning. I thought it was just amazing. How many people get up and listen to preaching? Listen to the word. Spend a little time. So even though I'm working on this right here and we got stuff to do, I'm still getting with it. Miss Karen said, I talked to her last night. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm still working on a message. And she got on the step front porch, gave me a hug. She said, you know it's not going to be over till 11.15 or so, right? Because she knows, I've talked to her enough, to know that the message is still building in my heart as we're going right now. It's never done until we say amen. And guess what? Then we start the next one. We start the next one. But guess what? You are the message. You are the messenger. And the message is in you, and his name is Jesus Christ. So I was listening to a little something today, and I thought it was amazing. And we're talking about bringing the new year in and all this stuff. And sometimes I don't think we see the big picture all the time, but there's choices. Now, remember you guys, we've, we've studied this before. And back through the Bible, remember when Paul and Silas have been whipped and they're, they're, they're in the daggone jail there and everything else, right? And beating them, and they're singing and all this stuff, and they're in prison. And all of a sudden, right around 12 o'clock, about in the midnight, the walls come tumbling down. Y'all remember what happened next, right? Right? Change broke everything else. Had never seen this before. Now, if I'm in that jail and I'm praising the Lord and my shackles break loose and there's an earthquake and me and all the prisoners are free to go because they blew the back off the back of the jail and we take off, I'm going, woo! God just set me free. They go see old little chubby boy going, I'm, I'm going, man. I'm going. But what did Paul do? Y'all remember what? He said, don't kill yourself. We're right here. I would have been like, <laughs> don't. You might want to go back. I don't want to go back. But see, he's seen a big picture. See, a lot of times we only see that the walls come down. But we don't necessarily see all that God's still working if he just sat around a minute and took it all in. You see what I'm saying there? That's pretty amazing, man. God was a great preacher. Uh, uh, Paul was a great preacher. He wasn't a real good jailbreaker. You know? He had all those things. So in the midst of that, we're praying for this breakthrough. And we get that breakthrough and God breaks the barrier. Just realize there's probably more to it. It's not just to set you free because there's so much more. Right? And years later, he goes back to, to visit the people there. Listen to this. Years later, he goes back. And he's talking to the people there. I think it's in Philippians 1. I'd have to double check it. But this is, I just caught this on the way in. I thought it was really cool. And he says, every time I think about you guys, I think about, basically he talks about all the glorious things that God did while he was there. He didn't think, every time I think about you, man, I think about where I was getting whipped. I was thinking about when my back was ripped open from them guys. I'm thinking about when I got flogged and everything. He picked the positive. He focused on the big picture. Now look, we're not minimizing the things that we've been through, but let's maximize the things that God brought us through. Remember I said we're going through or are we growing through? So guess what? There's a choice. We have a choice how we look at last year. I'm not saying everything was lovey-dovey, but I'm going to tell you, what. can you pick about three good things that happened last year? He got you through to this year, right? He's sustaining you. There's, there's all types of stuff. So go back and, 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 and just realize, man, Lord, this is amazing what you've done. There's choices all the time. My beautiful bride told me a story yesterday when we were eating. I said, baby, I got to use that at church because things change and we got choices. And she said she read a thing and it was about an 80-year-old lady that had been married four times. Been married four times. 
And she had just got married. They had a thing in a newspaper and everything else. And got married. This time she got married to a funeral director. And said, oh, okay. And she just smiled. I said, well, well, tell us about your, your other husbands and stuff, right? He said, yeah, well, when I was in my 20s, I married a banker. And then when I was about in my 40s, I, I married a circus director. And then when I was up, I guess I was about 60, I married a preacher. And now I married a funeral director. He said, my goodness, why in the world have you been through so many different marriages? She said, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, four to go. That was a good one, baby. I like that. That was a good one. I said, wow. The bad part is, if that holds true, she'll be 60 and I'm the preacher. Look out. Look out. <laughs> but it'd be good to be able to laugh at a few things. That doesn't mean you're not serious about things. You know, we say this about every week. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and we have strength because we know there will be challenges but God's with us. We know that there's choices we have to make. But through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, I pray that we make good choices. And you know what? God loves us so much, he gives us free will. But free will didn't come free. It cost God his very best. It cost Jesus his life. And over and over and over, we think about that. I think so many times in my life, when I talk to my friends, I could have not been here. How about you guys? I'm not talking about just here. I'm just talking about living. How many people, did anybody ever do anything stupid in their, their time? Thank you. My brother in the back went like this, this, and somebody raising their foot. Aren't you glad that God is full of grace and mercy? Chuck, I caught that Chuck. I appreciate Chuck was like this. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we choose crazy stuff. I mean, it's just, it's amazing some of the stuff that we choose. Anybody want to share one of theirs? I didn't think so. I was just teasing. Everybody's like, mm. But we do some crazy stuff, man. And, and I, I said this many times, my dad used to say, what were you thinking? And the answer always come up with, I guess I wasn't. I mean, you never think of that. And I tell Jesse sometimes, the times when they were growing up, I said, watch the crowd that you're hanging out, man. They'll take you down the wrong road, right? And he's got a lot of great friends, but that's for all of us. We've got to, I'm not saying don't deal with other folks, you know, whatever. I'm just saying, be the leader. God's put something in you. To set the pace. Amen. And that's what I see today. You got to decide who is Jesus to you. Who is God to you? Time is ticking all the time. And you know what? What choice do you need to make this year? What choice do you need to make this year in breaking the barrier? Now, ultimately what I'm talking about today is the sin barrier between God and man. And that has been broken and God has made a bridge of grace for those who call on the name of Jesus. Amen. You can come boldly to the throne of grace when you receive what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. When we turn around and we say, Lord, thank you for, for giving your life, pouring out your blood, and, and, and dying on the cross for my sin. I can't make it any clearer than that. Amen. When I was preaching yesterday, I, I asked this because a lot of people ask me this. They said, buddy, every time you do a funeral or every time you preach, you always do a gospel message. I said, yes. Because that is the message. Yeah. Because if you don't have that component, you don't have Jesus. And if you don't have Jesus, you don't have nothing, do you? You don't have eternity locked up in heaven, but you just bought you a ticket to hell. And you don't have to do it because the price has already been paid. Jesus broke the barrier, and he can break the strongholds in your life. He broke the barrier of sin and made a bridge of grace for his children. So today, have you received 
what Christ has done for you. Let's go back to this. Can y'all read this? We'll just start with then. One, two, three, let's read. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? That's our question. How will you answer that? And let me tell you, the way you answer that will set the stage on everything else in your life. You say, what do you mean? If you say, he's the Messiah, he's the Son of God, I've received the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? I've said it many times. It's going to change the way you love your wife, love your husband, give, do, serve, everything else. Me and Michael always say that we get to serve, we don't have to serve, but guess what? If God's got your heart, you want to serve. How many people want to serve the Lord? You know, a lot of times we go, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, you know what? I know if we seek the Lord, he will show us how he can use our gifts to further the kingdom. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. That's okay. I wasn't either. But uh, you know what? I was available. Well, I don't play guitar. I don't do this. Don't get wrapped around that. Let me tell you what. Some of the people that spoke in my life the most over the years, they weren't preachers. They were people that loved me and loved the Lord. And they loved me enough to tell me the truth even when I didn't want to hear it. How about that? And you know what? You might get your, your, your toes stomped on a little bit. I'm going to tell you what. Later on, you'll try to track that person down and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Many times you heard me talk about my neighbors where I live. They never, they, as I'll put it in Buck Road terms, they never dogged me. They just tried to love on me. And they just kept trying to love on me. They just kept trying to love on me. And all these years later, I've been living in my house now 25, 24 years. But I still think about it. Man, am I that neighbor to my neighbors that Teresa and Leonard were to me? I want to be that neighbor. I want to be that guy. I want to be that person that says, hey, man, I don't know what you're going through. And, and I know I can't fix it, but I can come alongside and, so, and support you. I know one thing. Who do you say, God? Who do you say he is? I can tell you about my Jesus. I can tell you about the grace of God. I can tell you about the sacrifice of Christ, how he died and laid his life down for each one of us. I can tell you that how, that you know what? There's no condemnation for those in Christ. I can tell you by grace you're saved through faith, not that of yourself, but it's a gift of God. So friends, I pray that this message is a gift of God, from God, through us to you. Open it by faith. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much that you broke the barrier of sin. That you could break the shackles and strongholds in our life of anything. There is nothing too great, too big, too hard, too dirty, too nasty, too pretty. Any of those things, that doesn't change who you are. Who do we say you are? Well, I know for me, I say that you are the son of God. You're the Messiah. You're the one that paid my sin debt in full. And you came to pay the sin debt in full for everyone. But I pray today that each one listening here and online and weeks and months later, take a good hard look at this. Who do you say Christ is? Who is he to you? And today you can make him the Lord of your life. The Bible says all have sinned and fell short of the glory of God. That means we've all blown it. You don't get to heaven being a sinner. You get to heaven being redeemed by the Savior. And the way you're redeemed is by confessing our sin. Lord, admit. Lord, I, I know there's sin in my life. Lord, I believe that you're the Son of God. 
and I want to commit my life to you, Lord. It's not about mumbling a prayer. You're wasting your words. It's about a heart condition. But we speak that out of faith and receive your son. If that's your prayer today, don't leave here without telling somebody so we can celebrate. If that's your prayer today, as you'll watch it online, I don't care what day it is. As long as I'm breathing, you can track me down. Let me know because I want to celebrate with you because God is for you and so are we. We love you. We'll see you. Everybody said amen. Amen.